0: Welcome to episode 256 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva and hashtag team no sex is trending. Thanks to Urban Meyer. The PSM is popping. Thanks to Mo Ali Cox. Thanks to Big Don Parham. It's a great day to be alive. Evan, how's it going? Yep,
1: coming off a pretty good week.
0: Uh, excited for week five. let us Let's jump in. On today's show and each Tuesday this season, Evan and I are going to go team by team, highlighting the most important things we saw from a fantasy perspective and key takeaways. Before we get into it, two things. First, if you have not subscribed to our in-season package yet, you are missing 95% of the content we put out each week, Silva's matchups, our projections, ownership projections, all our shows, premium podcasts. We do have weekly and monthly options up on the site now. Check it out on the subscribe page. Second, this show is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks com you guys know me you know i love player props and i know a ton of people out there don't have access to legal player props because they're in new york or california or texas or a bunch of other ridiculous states that don't have reg- regulated sports betting prize picks is legal and regulated in those states you can bet their props in parlay form to help we have a table up each week to compare our projections to prize picks we're also in the discord firing off some stuff in the prize picks channel. If you want to give them a try this week, they have a 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal or use the link in the show notes. Again, promo code ETR at prizepicks.com for the instant deposit bonus and the best deal. All right, Evan, let's get into it with the NFC and the Arizona Cardinals. Really, really impressive win for the Arizona Cardinals. And the more I look at it, man, like, and I, I wouldn't wish injury on anyone, but Chase Edmonds is one, James Conner injury away from going absolutely nuclear. Like this Conner role, he has five rushes from inside the five yard line. He's turned four of them into touchdowns, but in everything else, Chase Edmonds just looks so, so, so great. Mm-hmm. What do you see out of the Cardinals? Really good win for the fake sharp cliff as they move to four and Absolutely. And they, they took care of Aaron, Aaron, Donald in this game, their offensive line is kicking,
1: butt. Kyler Murray is absolutely the MVP favorite through uh, the first four weeks. Of the season, Rondell Moore. You know the the the, the usage distribution uh, in Arizona's wide receiver core has just been steady, and it's gonna have to. It's probably gonna take an injury to Christian Kirk, AJ Green, or DeAndre Hopkins for Rondell Moore to move out of the number four receiver role. Rondell Moore has done well with his touches, but they are committed to using him as the number four receiver. And I don't think we're gonna see a changing in the guard at this point with how well they're playing. Why would they change things? Mm -hmm. It's gonna take an injury.
0: Yeah, Rondale only ran a route on 39% of Kyler dropbacks in week four. I have some bets on Brandon Staley to be coach of the year at plus 950, at 10 to one, at 11 to one. I'm a little worried though, that right now, I mean, Cliff looks like he could be the coach of the year, which makes me sick to my stomach to even think about, but I still like going with Staley here. Yeah, I get a little bit of Matt Rule and a little bit of Staley. Nice. Falcons. So the offense breaks out. I mean, we'll talk about this Washington defense again in a little bit here, but the offense does break out. Everybody's talking about Cordero Patterson broke the slate on 23 snaps. Only 12 snaps as a running back. 11 snaps as a wide receiver. He gets 34.6 DraftKings points. I don't want to brush this off because like he's playing so well and Mike Davis is playing so poorly that his role could expand. So, like, I'm not going to say CPAT's only going to play 23 snaps each week, but I would note that Wayne Gallman is also mixing in now. Wayne Gallman was in for 10 snaps, stole six carries, and stole a target. So, obviously, it looks really bad for Mike Davis. I think more people want to know, though, Evan, what is your take on Cordero Patterson's outlook going forward?
1: I mean, he's had two games so far. One game where he scored three touchdowns and another game where he scored two touchdowns. It's, it's It's very unsustainable. Uh, but he's clearly become a significant factor in in uh, the Falcons offense week to week. And I think that he's in play each week as a flex option in season long leagues. Um, I, you just see, you know, there was one year where Eddie Royal came out the gates and like in the first three or four weeks scored like seven touchdowns, you know, and it's, it's, it's not going to hold up, but. Um, But I do think that he has carved out a a, a permanent role in Arizona in in Atlanta's offense. The Falcons need playmakers. I mean, they're they're still struggling to get the ball really consistently to Calvin Ridley. You know, Matt Ryan threw four touchdown passes. They upped his A-dot uh, in week four to 12 and a half. I mean, they started and Calvin Ridley still did not have a -hmm. big game. Um, So. Cordell Patterson is a much needed playmaker for them. Yeah. I think it's looking grim for Mike Davis actually at this point with Wayne Gallman moving up into the rotation Cordell Patterson, having that, you know, locked in role. I mean, it's all of a sudden, it has the potential to be a three man backfield.
0: Yeah. And um, one other thing that I'd say is that it used to be when you played Matt Ryan, you knew like exactly where the ball was going. And I played a Matt Ryan double. I talked about on the solo pod in tournaments this week. And I was like, man, you know, if Matt Ryan goes off, it's going to be to Calvin Ridley and to Kyle Pitts. That's not the case anymore. I mean, they're spreading it out way more and don't have that double access. Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold has five rushing touchdowns in four games. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Now you can say that's going to regress, but that could turn into more Sam Darnold Classic touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sam Darnold has been one of the biggest fantasy breakouts of the year. Also, good news for the Panthers, even though they lost this game, Christian McCaffrey could be back as soon as this week's home game against the Eagles. Thought Chuba Hubbard was fine. Certainly not Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore went absolutely nuclear in garbage time. But, man, that dude is a baller. Still only 24 years old. It's hard to think of Dynasty assets much better than DJ Moore. What do you see out, out of the Panthers who went down to Dallas and got beat up pretty good?
1: Yeah, I remember before the game, we were being asked, "Should we worry about Trayvon Diggs as it pertains to DJ Moore?" And the answer was that Trayvon Diggs had an awesome game, and DJ Moore still balled, you know, TF out. So, uh, you know, it's the the cornerback wide receiver matchups. Yeah, they can be helpful at times, but for the, I mean, there 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 are just as many times, if not more, that focusing on them. Will lead you in the wrong direction, uh, and DJ Moore had an unbelievable game. So did Trayvon Diggs, who, by the way, Ryan Reynolds. I was talking to Ryan Reynolds, uh, uh, you know, our, our waiver wire and the um, the, uh, the futures guy. Uh, he was like, "Hey, Trayvon Diggs, sixty-five to one to win Defensive Player of the Year a couple of weeks ago." Mm. You know, now all of a sudden I mean, he's got five interceptions. He's, you know, he's been shadowing some of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL and doing well against them. Um, so I lo- love that price from Ryan Reynolds. Got to check his, uh, his articles out each week. Uh, Ian Thomas stayed ahead of Tommy Tremble, um, your, your air quotes friends uh, sleeper <laughs> of the week. So yeah, Sam Darnold now is the overall quarterback five in fantasy. Um, Greg Rosenthal, if you're listening. Uh, and then, you know, I, I thought that Chuba Hubbard's uh, usage was actually pretty disappointing because they used Rodney Smith as yeah. the passing game back. He ran nine more routes and he saw three more targets. Are you concerned about this or what?
0: So most of Rodney Smith's stuff came when the game got out of hand late in the right. fourth quarter, but I hear you. I mean, it's not great. I want you, but in there getting the garbage time stuff also. So yeah, I mean, it's not great, but yeah, Rodney Smith did play a bunch late for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of defensive player of the year, I mean, DBs rarely win that award and you need a lot of interceptions to do. So I believe Stefan Gilmore, won it uh mm-hmm. one year recently but yeah i mean 65 to 1 i'm sure that price is gone but yeah it sounds like a really good bet yeah
1: Xavier howard had what like eight interceptions last year and still didn't win it so yeah. i mean it's it's going to be difficult especially with miles garrett in the league i mean you're you're essentially going to need miles garrett to get hurt
0: yeah chicago bears story in season long is david montgomery's injury david montgomery did not tear his acl but it sounds like he has a pretty bad knee injury anyway he's going to miss about a month damian williams hurt his quad in this game also, but I think he's going to be fine. They didn't seem too concerned about it. We've been talking about Damian Williams for a while. I have a ton of Damian Williams in best ball. I thought his standalone role would be better than it's been, was wrong there, but you can always suck out through injury, and it looks like that's what's going to happen. They also have Khalil Herbert on the roster, who I think they like a little bit too. So I don't think that Damian's going to play like every snap. Herbert will probably mix in also, but I'm curious what you think. How are the Bears going to play it now that David Montgomery is out a month?
1: Yeah. Assuming that Damian Williams is healthy because he did suffer a thigh injury. Uh, but I, th- I think he returned, it sounds like he's going to be okay, but it, this will be a situation to monitor on the injury report. Um, I think that he should be the clear lead guy, but Khalil Herbert is an excellent stash um, six round pick, but he averaged almost eight yards per carry in his final season at Virginia tech and he ran four, four, six at five eight two ten. 210. You know, he's like a, a stocky, you know, well put together little dude who can run um, and and was a big playmate, uh, you know, a, a highly efficient runner uh, in college. So I think he's an excellent stash. I think that we now have reason to be optimistic about the going forward outlook of the Bears offense um, because Bill Lazor took over as the play caller and You know, you remember at at the end of last year, he took over the Bears play caller and their offense played really, really well down the stretch. Remember David Montgomery was like a lead winner uh, Mm -hmm. in the second half of the season. Well, they really stretched out Justin Fields in this game because the Matt Nagy Week 3 game plan, really the Andy Dalton game plan, was to get the ball out of his hands quickly, not use him as a runner. They still need to use him more as a runner, but they gave him deep, deep drops. They gave him max protections so that he could, you know, move back in the pocket and, and put his downfield passing ability to use. His dot shot up to 13.6. I mean, he was throwing big-time deep balls to Darnell Mooney in this game, just right on his hands, just putting it right on his hands or wh- wherever, you know, Darnell Mooney could go get it. And Darnell Mooney can absolutely go get it. So um, I think that the arrow is pointing up uh, on the Bears' offense. They do have a really tough schedule, though, Um you know, and they still have problems on the offensive line. So it could be a little bit rocky. Justin Fields was not good in fantasy in this game, but that was primarily because, uh, you know, the, the three touchdowns that the Bears scored were all rushing touchdowns by running backs. Um, and they're going to need to use him, I think, more as a runner, period, just because, the, you know, they're going to be without David Montgomery for the next four to five weeks.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you just looked at Justin Fields' fantasy score, you would think he had a bad game. He played awesome. I mean, he he was he was really good. And there's gonna be better days ahead in fantasy for Justin Fields. That's assuming that the Donk Andy Nagy lets him uh, Matt Nagy lets him start. Andy Dalton. I mean, Matt Nagy is still saying that when Andy Dalton gets healthy, Andy Dalton is his starter. We'll see how that plays out. Dallas. I mean, really solid win. Their pass rate over expectation has has come down. I mean, Zeke is looking really good, man, and really fast. And yeah, Tony Pollard stealing plenty of stuff, but that doesn't mean Zeke can't still have big games in these scripts like they had against Carolina. And he did. One thing I'd note on the tight ends, there's starting to be a gap between Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. I mean, Dalton Mm -hmm. Schultz ran 23 routes in this game. Blake Jarwin only ran 10 routes in this game. And so, you know, we had an under on Dalton Schultz yardage. And that obviously in hindsight looks really, really bad. Dude is playing really, really well and separating from Blake Jarwin. what you see out of Dallas has win over the Carolina Panthers.
1: Well, if you were just to look at the the box score results of the past few weeks, you would you would think that like Dalton Schultz is the the centerpiece of the Dallas Cowboys passing offense, and I don't I don't think I don't think that that's going to hold. I mean, I, I think that he you know has wound up being a good streamer, and he very well could remain a good streamer going forward. But I think that things are going to come full circle, and we're going to start to see C. D. Lamb step up with some big games, you know, the, the last two weeks have been kind of slow for him. The first two were really good, um, but I think that things are going to come full circle and CeeDee Lamb is going to end up being the the centerpiece of this passing offense. And he's an excellent by low right now in season long. You're absolutely right about Ezekiel. I think he looks better every week, Ezekiel Elliott, and they're getting back Lyle Collins in two weeks. So, and, and the, the kid Terrence Steele, who wasn't very good, last year, uh, who has been filling in for Lyle Collins. He's been kicking butt and Zach Martin, my goodness. I mean, he's going to be an all pro again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Lyle Collins comes back because he's got some history playing left tackle, if Tyron Smith goes down, then they can all of a sudden, you know, they, I mean, they have immense depth. They have, they have a ton mm-hmm. of talent on this offense, top to bottom, you know, Gallup's going to be back in, in a couple weeks in all likelihood. Um, Dak is just balling. I mean, he is his this football IQ is just off the charts. Um, you know, just very very optimistic about this team. Um, I, I think that they're I like I think that they're in play as a Super Bowl contender. I don't know what the odds are right now. I haven't looked at them, but um, I mean they they should be top ten at very worst. Maybe you know maybe top five.
0: Yeah, I mean offensive line plays so 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 good, and obviously Dak playing really well. Let's go to the Detroit lions and as predicted by brandon thorne i mean their offensive line got absolutely overwhelmed by the bears that's going to happen uh a lot but then it didn't click in garbage time right and so you get these you know floor swift games you get these floor Hawkinson games when they don't rack up the garbage time points that's just what's going to happen i think they'll have a better chance to rack up garbage time or just rack up regular offense this week against the vikings what do you see out of the lions loss in week four
1: yeah not a whole lot um dan campbell talked about Using DeAndre Swift more. DeAndre Swift did play seventy-three percent of the snaps. That's his most of the season, but he was still outtouched by Jamal Williams. Um, so look, you know, he's in a two-man backfield in a pretty on a pretty bad team. So I think that you know we've seen that there are just there's going to be some ups and downs, and he's going to have some big games, and he's going to have some slower ones because he's sharing time with you know another back on a team that's probably not going to score a ton of points.
0: Yeah, and to be clear, DeAndre Swift's role is still awesome. Like, it it is, but we know that just like Latavius Murray did when Alvin Kamara was coming up, that Jamal Williams is going to play and play a ton. I think he got like seven out of the first eight running back touches went to Jamal Williams in this game. Green Bay, as expected, kind of a cakewalk win over the decrepit Pittsburgh Steelers, I didn't see too much. It's like they weren't really tested, the Packers, were. It's the final score was seemed a lot closer, looked a lot closer than it actually was. It gave him a chance to play A.J. Dillon a bunch, and this was A.J. Dillon's best game of the season, showing that he can have standalone value in the right spots. He got 15 carries. What did you see out of the Packers win over the Steelers?
1: Well, MVS Marcus Valdes, went on IR. Alan Lazar jumped into his role, but in this particular game, it was Randall Cobb, that had uh, the big game, and I think that that can that can shift around, you know, going forward. As long as MVS stays on IR, you know, that that can kind of toggle between different dudes that step up as the number two pass catcher in the offense. It could be a running back in a given week. It could be could be And had he played his uh, a season high in snaps, over seventy percent. He saw seven targets. He just didn't do anything uh, with those. Uh, you know, a lot of con- contested balls that Tanyan did not win
0: um, and Randall Cobb wound up being the, the kind of star of the, the, the week four show. Los Angeles Rams I mean so clear that they love Daryl Henderson and I get that Sonny Michelle fumbled early in this game but in two full games as pointed out by Daigle in two full games this year D 30 out of 34 running back carries every single running back target and he has every goal line touch every inside the five touch i mean they're using daryl henderson like a true workers like the girly years type workhorse sony fumbled maybe he got punished looked like he was going to play a little bit if not a decent amount at least the other story going on here man i mean this robert Woods situation i mean he's pit, he scored a touchdown in garbage time and he like legit looked pissed about it um they play the uh they play the seahawks on thursday mcveigh is already talking about getting the squeaky wheel going for Robert Woods, I've been looking at some Van Jefferson unders to try to capitalize on maybe more stuff going to Robert Woods. What would you say to people who have Robert Woods in season long right now and any thoughts on Van Jefferson?
1: I'm still buying low on, on Robert Woods. I mean, again, he's a critical piece of the offense. He's not out here. You know, it's not like Michael Gallup last year where he's just getting lost running You know, down the sideline. It's that they have more weapons this year. You know, Higby's been pretty good. Cooper Cup has been, you know, outstanding. Um, they've gotten Deshaun Jackson involved for, you know, uh, a handful of big plays. Van Jefferson has made his mark. So that has been, you know, really the cause of Robert Woods getting lost uh, now and again. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, and I know it's it's been tough, you know, if, if you've had him, I mean, he did wind up, he, he's got one good fantasy game. A lot of it came in garbage time. He's got one decent one. He's got two bad ones. Um, So it's been frustrating, especially if you took him in the the fourth round or, you know, but I I think that he's a buy low and I think that he's a hold if you have him right now.
0: Yeah. By the way, nobody gave Van Jefferson a chance, like in dynasty circles. I mean, for the draft capital, they spent on Van Jefferson. You could get him in like the third round of rookie drafts and he's going to, I think going to prove to be pretty good asset. Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings. I thought, You know, you could argue, obviously, in hindsight, they made a mistake not holding Dalvin Cook out. Dalvin Cook started the game, looked okay, looked like he aggravated the ankle, only ended up playing 49% of the snaps. Gave a lot of work to Alexander Madison, only 52% of the running back touches for Dalvin Cook. They're home against the Lions this week. I'd love to see them hold out Dalvin Cook and get his ankle right Mm -hmm. and let Alexander Madison beat up on the Lions. I'm not sure if that's how they're going to play it. Any thoughts on the Vikings' loss and a really low-scoring loss yeah. to the Browns, it's the total
1: bust of a game. I mean, there was no back and forth effect. The Vikings are now one and three. They like need victories. Um, I hope that that doesn't uh, encourage them to force Dalvin Cook out there again. You know, um, because they they absolutely should be able to beat the Lions with Alexander Madison. I, I think that. Um, but I mean, they're they're back. You know, their backs are up against the wall again. Um, after, you know, and they responded against what was Seattle. They really responded, but um,
0: they, they need victories. New Orleans Saints, Tony Jones went down in this game. I don't know if he's going to miss time, how much he will yet, but Alvin Kamara is on pace for 331 carries this season, but only 42 targets. So, you know, it's like, I, like I've said, they're playing like 1950s football. You can't count on more than 20 or 21 attempts For Jameis Winston on a week-to-week basis just is what it is. But they are getting Michael Thomas back, allegedly, in week seven or week eight. Would you start picking up Michael Thomas now in season long? And what do you think about his outlook the rest of the way?
1: Yeah, I think you got to grab him if he's available, uh, for sure, because that that week seven date is coming up. Hopefully, he'll be ready at that point. We haven't seen Michael Thomas play good football in, in a long time. Um, and I don't think that this situation is going to be conducive for Michael Thomas to be anything more than maybe like a wide receiver two slash three, even if he's getting a big target share. Um, you know, they're, they're just they're not throwing the football enough. And I don't think that him coming back, they're going to want to continue to hide Jameis Winston in the offense. They're going to inc- continue to or- incorporate Taysom Hill as both a, a runner and, a, and an inefficient thrower. And that takes away from the passing game. Um so yeah, I mean, grab him if he's
0: available, but uh, I, I have kind of limited em- expectations for Michael Thomas. I mean, the target competition is so weak that Michael Thomas could see 30, 35% of the targets, but I still think they're only going to throw it 20 to 25 times a game. And so you end out mm-hmm. with not that many targets still certainly would add him if he's on waivers. Giants came back and won this game against New Orleans. I mean, Saquon Barkley is now seeing the truly elite usage, that very few running backs see all but three of the running back touches over the last two weeks and a 17% target share. I mean, absolutely massive. Also, I, you know, I was skeptical on Kenny Galladay, skeptical on Kadarius Tony. They came out and played reasonably well. Yeah, it was in kind of a wild comeback type spot, but without Shep and without Slayton, they have some depth there. I'm not sure if Shep and Slayton will be back. What do you see out of the Giants' comeback win?
1: Yeah, quiet breakout year for Daniel Jones. Throws for 400 yards in this game. We talked about how he'd been, pl- he'd been playing better than I think people realize up until this point. Also still leads the Giants in rushing. Um, he, he's, he's a true dual threat. And it's, it's impressive how well he played without Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. The left tackle, Andrew Thomas, has really come around this season after having a really bumpy uh, rookie year. Uh, but you look at like his PFF stuff. I mean, he's been one of the best left tackles in the league and they freaking needed that badly. Uh, because, I mean, they lost Shane Lemieux and Nick Gates early on. Those guys were both set to be starters on
0: the interior. Um, but Andrew Thomas coming along, that that helps. Needed it. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, we speculated before the season that maybe Kenny Gamer would have the Naheem Hines share. I wasn't sure. the Naheem Hines' role. I wasn't sure if he would. I mean, now it's obvious he's playing 35% of the snaps this year is Kenny Gainwell leads Eagles running backs with a 12.3% target share. Like we talked about on Sunday morning in these spots where the Eagles get behind and we expected them to be behind against the Chiefs. You can see Kenny Gainwell having big games like he did on Sunday. The other thing that I'd say, man, like I know it's been a bit up and down for Jalen Hurts. I think he's, like, good. I mean, I know he's good in fantasy, but in real life, like, I think you can win with Jalen Hurts, even without Lane Johnson. I thought he played a pretty good game on Sunday throwing to Devontae Smith a ton when he see, the Eagles lost to the Chiefs. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is, like, just the cheat code in fantasy, especially where you could
1: get him in drafts. Uh, you know, we we drafted the heck out of him. Yeah. And he's been a top-10 fantasy quarterback in all four weeks so far with, I believe, two top-five finishes so he's been a high floor, high ceiling producer. The Eagles defense isn't good. And that is going to put them in a lot of situations where they are in comeback mode. That gives a lot of playmaking opportunities to Jalen hurts and it gets Kenneth Gainwell on the field. Um, and also their, their offensive line continues to, to kind of fall apart. So that, mm-hmm. and that at times that that can lead to more scrambling opportunities for the quarterback, they should get back. Lane Johnson though this week I would presume because he was out due to personal matter this past week and then Jordan Melada, uh, their stud left tackle should eventually should be back sooner rather than later and they've got Landon Dickerson to fill in one of the guard spots and Jason Kelsey still playing so they can they can have a good offensive line if they get all these guys healthy. healthy of course you know we say that every year about the Eagles
0: San Francisco 49ers, I'll bury the lead to start. I mean, George Kittle is coming, man. I mean, even though he was battling a calf issue, 92% of the snaps, 82% route run rate, 27% target share. He had a touchdown in his hands on like a 20 or 25 yarder, got a big hit and got it knocked out. But man, I feel like he's gonna have a huge game here at some point. But anyways, I'm burying the lead. Jimmy Garoppolo went down with a calf injury, allowing Trey Lance to come in. And you can say what you want about the way Trey Lance played In real life, in fantasy, of course, as we know, he absolutely balled out. Mm -hmm. I think Jimmy G's going to miss time. They haven't ruled him out yet. He went for an MRI on his calf. We'll see how it comes back. But, man, I mean, this is Trey Lance's chance now. We've been waiting for this. What do you think about the 49ers, hopefully, with Lance now?
1: Yeah, 20.4 fantasy points and a half from Trey Lance. And he really didn't play that that great. Um, Now, he did get a wide open... Uh, 76 yard touchdown or whatever it was uh down the right sideline was to Debo. Yep. And um you know so that that was kind of a gift. But yeah, the the upside is absolutely immense as we've been talking about since the 49ers drafted him. Um you know way back in April. I thought Trey Sermon looked a lot better this week and um you know just ran with a lot more decisiveness. I think he finished with 90 rushing yards. Um uh, so not involved in the passing game but It was a promising step forward for Trey Sermon after a very, very slow slow and discouraging start to his rookie season.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Trey Lance was not in the game plan last week, right? And during the preseason, they were running a lot of read option stuff. They had those packages in for Trey Lance and they weren't in the game plan this week. I think if Trey Lance gets to start this week in week five, all that stuff's gonna be in the game plan and I think he'll play better.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna see like bumps from him. It's gonna be kind of bumpy when you're watching the game. But at the end of the day, he's going to have like 32 fantasy points. And you're going to be like, who gives a shit?
0: Right. Seattle Seahawks. Alex Collins played a ton, man. And I know we talked about this last week. I've been harping on it. Chris Carson has three targets on Russ Wilson's last 86 pass attempts. So he doesn't really have a pass game role right now. Also, he hasn't had more than 17 carries in a game in any of his last 18 games. It's like he's not getting a workhorse role as a rusher. And he's not getting enough targets. Now, he can get there on efficiency for sure. And he plays uh, the Rams this week. Maybe they were kind of coddling him a bit on a short week. I kind of doubt that. But, yeah, what do you think about Collins? And what do you think about the Seahawks heading into this big game on Thursday night against the Rams?
1: Yeah, the thing is that Alex Collins, like, played well and outplayed Chris Carson. So now the Seahawks have incentive to continue to do what they were doing because it was working. Um, So that's the big concern for Chris Carson. I think that in this game against the Rams, he's just like a low floor flex option, Mm -hmm. you know, in season long. Um, But I mean, Alex Collins, he should be rostered everywhere. I mean, there are uh, this week, Kenneth Gainwell, Samaj P. Ryan, um, uh, Alex Collins and Damian Williams are the four big waiver wire RBs. Um Alex Collins, I think, definitely belongs in that mix. You know, right right there with Samaj P. Ryan, I think, behind uh Damian Williams and um and uh God, who, who's the fucking fourth guy? Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> so many guys. I don't write the waiver wire article.
0: Yeah, no, and I I'd also throw Jared Patterson into the mix, who we're gonna talk about okay. in in a second here. Let's go to the Bucks. Uh as expected, with Gio Bernard out. Laren Fournette had his normal share of the early down work and he took the pass down work. We know they're not going to play Ronald Jones on pass downs. So Lenny had, you know, 20 out of the 26 carries, 100% of the running back targets, five of them. I mean, really, really good usage for Laren Fournette. I think that's going to continue as long as Gio Bernard is out. Bad usage, though, for OJ Howard. Grodgonkowski was out and he still only ran 16 routes on 48 Tom Brady, dropbacks. backs, Cam Brady doubled him up with, plus with 33 routes. Clearly, Bruce Arians is not like, OJ Howard, what did you see out of the Bucks' return to New England?
1: Yeah, OJ Howard was just a blocker,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean,
1: and we got to remember that he is coming off a torn Achilles. So, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, Cameron Bray kind of just a guy. Uh, Gronk, it sounds like he's going to be out multiple weeks. So, I mean, Cameron Bray can get in there and, you know, maybe score a touchdown. It'd be mostly a touchdown or bust streamer, I think. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, I mean, this situation, the, the Caesar have kind of parted for him because Giovanni Bernard is out. That gives him access to a lot of uh, receiving game work. And then Ronald Jones, uh, you know, well, we know the story about Ronald Jones. I mean, and the Bucs have clearly seen enough of him. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I think, you know, he's essentially an every down back at this point.
0: Washington football team, last team we're going to do here today, Curtis Samuel made his triumphant Washington football team debut as expected, was eased in, only 25 out of 67 snaps, 16 routes on 42 Taylor Heineke dropbacks, did get four targets for a 12% share, which is encouraging, four targets on 16 routes run. I'd also note that De'Ami Brown banged up his knee. I don't know how serious it is. And Logan Thomas hurt his hamstring. I don't know how serious that is either. And Antonio Gibson got banged up too. Jared Patterson, shout out to team preseason, was awesome in the preseason. I think he is worth looking at. In deeper formats Gibson seems like he's banged up all over toe shin I'm not sure exactly what happened to him on Sunday he was out for some plays at the end also so yeah there's gonna be a lot of injury stuff to watch with Washington and as we talked about on Friday night I mean Taylor Heineke can sling it man there was some good MME stuff I had with Taylor Heineke and CPAT in the super large field stuff but what'd you see out of the Washington football team
1: yeah you know I don't write the waiver wire article but Daigle does for Roto World Uh, Now called the NBC sports edge. And we were talking about it last night, Logan Thomas, you know, this absence hamstring, you know, typically like a two, three week injury, you know, it opens up Ricky seals Jones. And now we have been through Ricky seals Jones before. Oh yeah. But uh, he could all of a sudden jump into a lot of opportunity. Um, He's, you know, a receiving tight end. And Taylor Heineke, like he's a DGAFF player. He's not going to be like, oh, Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, you, this guy has given us goose eggs in fantasy, you know, in past years. Like he's not going to care about that. He's just going to throw him the ball when it gets open. So um, Ricky Seals-Jones all of a sudden on the radar as a potential sleeper.
0: Uh, yeah, I've taken plenty of air balls in my life on Ricky Seals-Jones. He was also in play in preseason a couple of times and still didn't show yeah. up. I can't believe he's yeah. even still in the league. It's actually amazing. But um, yeah, shout out to him. Also, shout out to... Terry McLaurin, man. I mean, dude is just like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, period. All right. That's going to do it for this NFC Team by Team podcast. We'll be back shortly with the AFC Team by Team podcast. For producer Luke, for Evan, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.